You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems and protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. As part of this research, we were looking at new and novel ways that you could leverage vulnerable drivers or drivers in general in an attack sequence. Our guest today is Dana Beeling, a researcher from VMware Carbon Black's Threat Analysis Unit. The research we're discussing today is titled Hunting Vulnerable Kernel Drivers. Well, uh, bring your own vulnerable driver attacks are uh, becoming a more common uh, on the threat landscape in general. Uh, one of the most important reasons that uh, VMware and Carbon Black are interested in them is that drivers are commonly used to turn off security processes. And being a security process ourselves, we don't want that to happen, right? So, uh, as part of this research, we were looking at new and novel ways that you could leverage vulnerable drivers or drivers in general in an attack sequence. Well, let's dig into the research together here. Can you can you give us an overview of exactly what are we looking at here today? So the research was initially conducted by my colleague, Takahiro Haruyama, and he was looking at uh, a method to automate the process of searching for vulnerable drivers. Uh, when he initially created his framework for looking for the vulnerable drivers, uh, we found such a huge number of vulnerable drivers. We ended up, or he ended up having to uh, scale it back a bit. So uh, what we did was we looked for only vulnerable drivers that could access very specific kernel resources. So a specific function call within the kernel driver framework. And what his research demonstrated was that the function call for rewriting firmware. Firmware is the software that resides on the actual hardware chips themselves. Uh, The reason that it's so important to protect uh, firmware from rewriting is that, well, first of all, most people don't pay attention to it. Once they purchase a hardware device, whatever firmware is on it is the, what's going to be on it for the, you know, until the the device is discarded. But secondly, and 
even if you reinstall your operating system, that firmware will will stay there, right? So if a actor is able to rewrite that software that's on the hardware itself, there's a very, very small chance that it will get upgraded to, you know, a patched version just because people aren't paying attention to it. And secondly, it will allow the attack or whatever the purpose is for rewriting the hardware to to live on until that device is discarded. Well, let's go through the research together here. What was the process uh, by which you all hunted these down? Uh, So one of the most troublesome things about uh, vulnerable drivers is that by necessity, the kernel is divided into two different sections. There's the kernel mode and the user mode, okay, in an operating system. The kernel mode is where all of the protected processes happen, and the user mode is like the public area. I I consider it sort of like a like a bank, right? There's the public area and then there's the private area. The private area is the kernel mode, the public area is the user mode. Um, Because uh, hardware, the users need to um, make changes in the kernel mode, there's these things called IO control commands, I-O-C-T-L, which allows a user to send a command from the user mode, the unprotected spot of the operating system, into that very protected spot. And by making those commands, you can affect the kernel resources and negate all the things that that Windows or Microsoft has put into place to protect the kernel itself. Takahiro's research showed that he could make calls directly to a function called mmmapio space, which allows you to write memory directly to addresses in the, in the real address space um, because it ma- allows you to map from the real addresses to the virtual addresses, which basically is like saying, rather than uh, giving someone your home address like 123 Elm Street, uh, you're giving them the GPS coordinates and so they could write directly to that place. We'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And so is this a, a case where there's a legitimate and needed functionality that that is out there unprotected and that's what allows it to potentially be used for bad things? Oh, um, sure. Well, I'm I'm thinking that the reason that the original authors left that in there is so that way they would have the ability to upgrade the firmware themselves. 
But in this case, because it's left open to the world, anyone is allowed to, quote, upgrade the the firmware, right, with Mm. whatever they want or not at all and just make the hardware completely unusable, which was also demonstrated. What is your sense for the degree to which this is a problem out there, How, how widespread this could be? So the bring your own vulnerable driver attacks is extremely widespread. I think there's been less research into the area of firmware rewriting, which was one of the great and novel things that Takahiro was able to demonstrate. But in a larger sense, the bring your own vulnerable driver attack um, negates all of the patch guard and virtualization-based security that Microsoft has implemented to allow any actor to access the protected resources in the kernel that are normally like thought to, of as being protected. And all you really need is admin access to do it, which there are numerous tools available, you know, even on GitHub to elevate a person's access to admin in order to uh, enumerate all of these protected resources in the kernel that would normally not be accessible in a, by a normal user. Oh, you anticipated my next question, which was, you know, what, what degree of access do you, have, do you need to have? So, so admin will get you in there with no problem. That's right. So you can, once you install the driver, um, in many cases for the vulnerable drivers, almost all of its resources are available to you. Um, Microsoft does recommend that um, the driver authors themselves implement um, access protected resources and add an additional layer of security. But um, from what I've seen in drivers, that's very rare. Is this a, a case of, of kind of out of sight, out of mind, where they're, I don't know, almost a security by obscurity thing, where they're they're banking on the fact that not many people have firmware top of mind? I think that could be part of it. I think another part of it is, is that as a culture and industry, we think of drivers as these very complex things that are not understandable by the normal person. But in reality, a driver is... Uh, just another type of software, just like in the user space. Um, It uses different libraries and it has some different rules that it has to abide by. But in reality, it's just software and it has all the same vulnerabilities plus additional vulnerabilities that other software has and that we're all very familiar with. What are your recommendations then for, for folks who may be concerned about this? What sort of things can they put in place to protect themselves? There is a uh, website, loldrivers.io, and so that LOL stands for Living Off the Land Drivers. Uh, That provides a list of all of the drivers with known vulnerabilities. Uh, You can uh, put those on a protected list, and if you have any of those drivers in your environment, the first thing that I would do is look to see if there is an updated version of that driver. And just like with all other software, you want to be running the most up-to-date version of your drivers. So that way you aren't, um, you know, at risk of that vulnerable driver being used even without admin rights in your environment. Um, another thing you can do is um, have security products in place that are watching for drivers, new drivers being loaded. 
in most corporate environments, drivers should not be being installed on a regular basis. So if you do see drivers being installed, that's a very good clue that um, a bring your own vulnerable driver attack is you know, about to happen or has already happened. Our thanks to Dana Beeling from Carbon Black for joining us. The research is titled Hunting Vulnerable Kernel Drivers. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero-trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The Cyberwire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin. Our mixer is Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karpf. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.